In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's a sexual journey. Wait a minute, what was it again? Sexual expectations. There you go. How good do you want your life to be? Truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. Don't you love it when you screw up the intro, Q-Dog? It's a sexual journey. I was going to say, you just gave everybody this really interesting visual for about two seconds. Yeah, that was... <laughs> You're not going for the ride with us. No, no, no. Sexual <laughs> expectations. That's funny because I have a friend of mine that I'll... Every time he... Every time lately he calls me or we're talking, he's, what's up? Sexual chocolate? I say it's kind of salty, baby. Um, oh, anyway, Lord. It, it's not a sexual journey. It's uh, sexual expectations. But that that's what happens when you're trying to do three things simultaneously... Actually, we just had that conversation. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I can do three things simultaneously and be successful, but that time was a fail. Oh, Lord, this conversation is going sideways. It is. Maybe we will. No. <laughs> oh, and here come the immature here puns. Come. Hey, why is it happening <laughs> immature? I don't know. You make these puns all the time. I'm going to hear that crap. Okay. <laughs> I'm writing the episode title as Sexual Expectations by Sexual Chocolate. Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay, man. I... So many really bad comments can go there right now. They I'm can. just trying not to. They can. They can. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, all right, baby. We're going to get into this. And what we're going to do is give you a journey episode for Jeannie and then a journey episode for me. When it comes to sexual expectations, and we, I don't have anything prepared for my journey episode. Um, I'm going to listen to to Jeannie's journey right now. A lot of it I was along for the ride, uh, for lack of better terminology. But uh, she's got some stuff written out that, in some very hard to read ink. Um, so I'm going to turn the microphone over to her, and uh, she's going to talk you through what this is all about. You don't like my pink? I love my pink. Uh-huh. Dirty, dirty man. Um, so we've been talking about expectations and needs in the last few episodes. And so we come to the part where you, we need to discuss sexual expectations. And um, I was trying to plot out the series that we're getting ready to start. And I started thinking about where we came from. And when Quincy and I first got married... I was about 115 pounds. Q was what about 360 ish? Um, I think I had gotten down to 350. So we already had some bodily differences there, structural differences. Um, but before we got married, we ran into um, a conversation that we had a biblical debate, shall we say. And, um, it actually caused a, a pretty big rift. Now we got over it obviously, cause we still got married, but, um, it 
it put something in my head that made me feel like I was never going to amount to this persona of the good Christian wife based on what his beliefs were or what what I knew your beliefs were. Saying that you were never going to achieve this image I had in my mind of who I expected my wife to be, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be how you'd put it. So I was already kind of struggling with that because when we first got married, I did not realize, okay, and keep in mind, I don't think like him, he doesn't think like me, and this is the beginning of the marriage, so we weren't really talking about this stuff yet. So, you know, I'm a young kid and I'm kind of stupid. I I own that. (laughs) But I was concerned with a lot of different things because, one, our religious beliefs were different. Not, like, hugely different, but there were some discrepancies. And part of it had to do with um, women and men and their roles in a marriage and their roles in the church and things of that nature. Their clothing. Their clothing. Um, Which, that was really... To stop you there, that was the only difference that we had relative to men and women because I have no problem with women in church and leadership and preaching. Uh, my discrepancy was the pants and the dress thing because that's what I was... Well, and the tattoo thing, but we got past that. You're covered now, so we're good. I was okay but, but it wasn't an issue anyway, it, it was one of those things where... Um, I had it in the back of my head that there was a certain set of rules or standards that I was going to need to meet as his wife. Now, mind you, he didn't tell me this. This was just how I took the conversations that we had had. And knowing that something as simple as pants and dresses could cause me to feel rejected put a huge stigma in the back of my head of what else am I going to get rejected for. Now, fast forward a little bit. When we got married, the honeymoon was great. Honeymoon was perfect. We had, I had a stockpile of lingerie for the whole time we were gone because people showered me with it. We had, you know, dice games and lottery tickets and stuff that people gave us. Stuff that people gave us to break the ice, so to speak, because they kind of assumed, I guess, that we had never had sex before and we didn't really correct them. We had never had sex together before, but we just didn't correct that um, thought process because, let's be real, I don't want to have that conversation with other people, especially when you're getting ready to get married and you're going to have to go through that whole repentance thing. And uh, I'm good. Anyway, we um, our honeymoon was great until the end of it where I... Something clicked in me. I don't know how to explain it. My body went wacko. I was not okay. My period was not supposed to show up during our honeymoon, and that bitch showed up anyway. I was not happy. So we ended up coming home, and um, I'm struggling with moving out of my parents' house, moving in with my new husband, and I, you know, I kind of bombed the tail end of the honeymoon which made things a little uncomfortable. And then I started having medical issues, which just kind of snowballed into our sex life. So um, long and short of it, I had a hard time expressing anything as far as sexual needs. Quincy's real big on talk to me, tell me, give me, give me pointers. I want feedback. I want to know what works and what doesn't. I didn't know how to do that. And I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted because in the back of my mind, 
what if what I'm wanting or what I'm going to ask for doesn't fit in this little good girl Christian box? Now, mind you, he didn't make that box. It was a box that existed. He's making faces at me. It's a box that existed in my head. On top of this, I we both come from previous relationships. I had two, Quincy will call them idiots. I'm going to leave that out. I'll let you call them idiots. You call them what you want. I don't call them that anymore. I'm trying to refrain from using some expletives, um, but not all. Sorry, but anyway, um, one during a sexual encounter decided to tell me that I had gained some weight. Now, mind you, I was 115 pounds. I had been 115 pounds since I was 14 years old. I got married at 20, 21, somewhere in there. I think you were 20, and I think I was 20. And... I was still 115 pounds. Actually, I was less because I had been working out, and I looked really good for our wedding night. Thank you very much. Oh, I need to get that back. Anyway, previous person that I had slept with had made comments about my weight during a sexual encounter, and I took that to heart when it came to you and I, which is, I know, looking back on it, Quincy still makes faces at me because he was the bigger person in the relationship, and I was worried about my weight. But it was somebody else in my head that shouldn't have been there and another relationship oral sex was an issue he made a comment I was very uncomfortable with that going forward with my husband now we didn't struggle in that area but it was one of those things that I could not get out of my head so I wasn't really connecting with you fully because I was worried about performance and if this is going to be right and if this is going to be good enough and it was stuff that I had built up inside myself. So as we kind of, you know, obviously we got pregnant early. Hunter came around, you know, the following year. We had been married a year and it was like, oh, hey, baby's coming. <laughs> so we, it, it changed my body. It changed our sex life. It cha- I mean, we, hello, you have a baby, you don't sleep. We used to, in the beginning of our marriage, coming home for lunch to have a quickie was kind of a norm for us. Where did that go? You work too far away, buddy. I'm just saying. <laughs> things to think about. Anyway, I um, I struggled with a lot of things. I didn't want to. We started having kids. Obviously, we had other struggles going on. We weren't communicating. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I was tired. He was working all the time. We were running behind on bills. It was just the typical life stuff. But all of those things started wreaking havoc on how I saw things in the bedroom. I didn't want, I I didn't want to get lingerie. I didn't know how to ask. I didn't know how to bring it up because my body had changed. I didn't look like I did wearing a little two piece thingy when I was, you know, newly wed in a size four and had ripped abs and tight muscles and a cute little butt. I was prego or after prego. And I can just tell you triplets. I was big. I was bigger than you, <laughs> so I was no, big. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I stretched way farther than you. But anyway, I didn't feel comfortable, and I didn't know what he liked, and I never thought to ask. How stupid is that? It's not stupid. It's just, it's just ignorance seems like too strong of a word, but you just you don't know what you don't know. And that's whether it's in marriage, business, anything you don't know what you don't know and these things 
are things that I hope someday we can get taken care of to inform people. Yeah. You know, the struggles in relationships are probably similar for our kids coming up now. They will be. But the world is a lot more weird. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you that. So I don't know what that's going to look like, but still putting these things together with just the basis of you don't know what you don't know. Here's what we didn't know. We wish we would have known. And then getting it out here like you're doing here. And I, I just encourage you guys keep listening because you're, you're going to want to know your wife's sexual expectations and journey, if you will. Well, so here's what happened. I did not know how to express what I wanted or what I needed sexually because in the back of my mind, what if this doesn't fit what you were taught? Now, I know what I was taught and there were certain things in my house um, growing up that I heard or was taught and there were things that I learned from friends who were very active in their life and um I didn't and there were things that I learned from church it was like you don't wear things that show off your body because then you're putting yourself out there to sell yourself to somebody so I can't dress sexy even though I'm married because then that means I'm advertising my body to somebody else but here's the the here's the conflict that goes on in my head okay I want to dress sexy because when we go out somewhere, I want you staring at my breast. I want you engaged in my body so that we're moving forward from here and things are going to happen. It's an intentional draw. Yeah. But I feel guilty because if I was dressed that way and we saw someone we knew from church or where have you, that's a bit much. Let me ask you, do you think it is... The possibility that maybe you misinterpreted what was said and you just personalized it to yourself? I don't know. Did you get asked to not bring someone back to church because she was wearing pants? We, we grew up <laughs> in a totally different church. I understand that, but that's my point. There Where... was no mistaking. <laughs> there was no misinterpretation for what happened in that situation. For you, I'm saying maybe it's talking about, I don't. I have no idea. I'm just, you weren't married at the time. We weren't married at the time you heard that message, right? Um, yeah. Well, we were dating. It was in youth group, actually. Okay. Because what, what, what we did was, I don't know if you remember, we did a split off. We were meeting at somebody's house, and they had the guys did their lesson in one room, and the girls did their lesson in one room, yeah. and this was the topic. Okay. So, now, key, people don't know this because y'all don't weren't here, but... When we were dating, I was attending a completely different church. Yeah. And so... Youth group that we were a part of. But I wasn't a part of. I was the intruder. I was the new person. And given a lot of the other stuff that had been going on around us at the time, some people didn't want us together. Other people were just... It was just a mess. We were teenagers. We were stupid. But anyway... You were targeted for that message? I don't... I can't say that. Because I'm pretty sure there was someone else there who was, and I know who it was, but we won't discuss that over the mic. But the point was I didn't fit, in my head, I didn't fit the expectation that I thought you had for me as a wife because these were the things that we were learning from the same place. Yeah, and and 
I guess we had never talked about. We didn't. We never talked about sex until. It's not even the sexual part. You were talking earlier about you didn't think you didn't fit that good, the good girl, good Christian girl mold that you thought I had for the ideal wife. And that's true. That is not the one of the things that drew me to you was you. I was the exact opposite. <laughs> well, you being a you being a rebel and you lived your life out loud and you weren't afraid to be yourself. You talked about God like I never I'd never heard people talk about God. And look, we're we're Christians that have a podcast. We don't do a Christian podcast. True. You know, that's that's that. So we don't force our religion down your throat, but when we're talking This about is just our past coming past, up. You know, then we need to I one of the things, you know, I'm a visual male. Obviously, you're hot. Boom. I mean, that's yeah, wave it off. Wave <laughs> it off. And then your personality was freaking awesome because there were so many things. There were several things that we just connected on. Mhm. But then you being a you being a rebel and not being afraid to express yourself and just how you lived your life out loud was one of the big draws to me that was like I want to be around this person every day of my life I want you were living the way that I felt I could not live my life because I had to be conformed to a specific idea see and i was worried that i wasn't going to be able to conform to that specific idea yeah you were my you were my hope and my example of breaking out of that and that's that was like i this girl's awesome i got i have got to be she's got to be in my life and that's but we didn't talk about that we didn't talk about that and i took a lot of those things on top of um, you used to do a lot of stuff and not be home. And it wasn't just when we were having kids. Like the beginning of our marriage, we still ran around everywhere doing everything with everybody. And then we got pregnant and we had Hunter. And your pattern was to just keep adding stuff and not being home. And that's where the thoughts of not being enough and you not wanting to be around and you not wanting to be home. And again, this is not his fault. This was my thought process while we were going through what we were going through. Okay. I didn't know. I mean, we weren't hardly even talking about anything. So being able to tell you what I needed sexually was just not even. That wasn't even. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. But then when I did think about it, now I could never ask him for that. What's he going to think about that? What if what if I tell him I want to try this and he freaks out? And he's like, I'm intrigued. What were we talking about? But that's, I held a lot of stuff back because what if I said the wrong thing and you didn't like it or you rejected it or what if I said something and it made you feel rejected I mean we had we've had some epic epic fails where that's concerned in the bedroom where something would be said and it's like the whole moment just shot we're done (laughs) shut down mode we're not doing this anymore just roll over we're done 
We still have those 22 years later. We've had them recently, actually. So it's not something that just switches off, but now we know how to talk through them and process it rather than whereas before it was it made you gun shy to initiate or it made me hesitate to tell you look dude I I need you to do more than just get it on and go to bed I didn't know how to do that and I wasn't confident in how to do that I didn't want to wear lingerie because I didn't know what you liked I had stuff that people gave us but I only wore it that first year and then it was like eh and then I had pregnancy body. Ew, I didn't want to wear lingerie. I didn't like that. But then I remember us looking at stuff together. And that was after. So this is where the switch happened. We went to the Living Life by Design. Okay. Yeah. I discovered a huge oh shit moment. Okay. Not an aha, an oh shit moment. These are very different. Aha means yay, I learned something and I can move forward. Oh shit means oh boy. I did that on purpose, and now I have to fix it. <laughs> I don't even know what this is, so... We took the disc test, okay? Yeah. My... The whole point of this thing was to get your inner person and your outer person congruent, right? Congruency. Okay. I was congruent. I was also full of shit. I was answering the questions based on what I knew people would expect of me in that situation. Not out of... What would I want to do? So I answered all those questions and I got myself marked as a certain persona and I was congruent. And when I looked at it, I went back over it again. It's like, I know that's not me. I know for a fact that's not me. Matter of fact, I took the test again two weeks ago correctly. And I I was surprised at where it landed because I knew it was nowhere near what it was before. But I made, I made a conscious decision. I was trying to fit what other people wanted from me. I was trying to fit what other people expected of me out of a pattern. I did certain things to fit in that little box that I made. It wasn't your box. It was my box. I did this. And I stuck myself in there. And then life started happening, and the person inside that box got a little bit pissy. Well, you know what's evident to me just listening to you talk? As much as we talked, we didn't know each other very well. We didn't. We really, truly didn't. And we didn't tell each other what we really felt or believed about the other person. We were just coasting through life. We were doing what we saw. Is that, isn't that fair to say? Exactly. We were doing what we saw because I, my mind is like... My mind is like this. I remember one time we were in an argument and I forgot something in the car. And uh, I just, you know, basically walked out, slammed the door. Oh, I lost my crap. I thought you were leaving. Yeah. And you like ran outside. Where are you going? I was like, I forgot something in the car. Why do you care? And it was like, this woman thought I was leaving. Yeah, I did. That was freaky because... No, it was normal in my house. Oh, it's right. It was normal where I grew up. Where they would get into an argument. My parents would get into an argument. And two things would happen. Well, three. Mom would cry and go into silent treatment. 
and my dad would slam a door and leave and they would not talk to each other for several days. My house would go completely quiet and we never knew if he was coming back. He would come back at like three o'clock in the morning and turn around and go to work at 5.30 in the morning. He would come in, fall asleep on the couch, take a shower, get dressed, and leave. And I would never know because I was a kid. You know, the thing is, is that we would have talks about the various people within the youth group and friends and whatnot. And it surprises me that you would see me be able to just accept people for who they are, or at least who they would allow me to know who they are, and just accept them and not judge them. But you didn't pick up on that same acceptance I had for you. And they weren't being real with you. True, but I, I thought they were. And uh, my, my concern was I wasn't just anybody. I was your wife. Yeah, but, but more than you more than anybody I would be accepting of. Uh, this is all... you, would, you would think, you would uh, think, but that's not how I thought. Right, right, right. Hindsight's 20 <clears throat> and I get that. And I'm just... <clears throat> Thinking of the way that I think now, you know, um, and how I thought back then, the only person I held to a crazy standard in my mind was me. That's it. It was me. But that standard reflected back on those around you because we were worried we couldn't live up to your standard, even though you weren't asking us to. So is that my problem now? Is that because I still hold myself to a high standard? Is that the is that the reason I can't connect with other people? Is because they think no, because it wasn't your problem; it was ours. Okay. I had an idea in my head of who I was supposed to be and how I was supposed to be and what's proper. It wasn't your idea; it was what I thought your idea was. You're not responsible for my thoughts. I'm responsible for my thoughts. So, no, it's not your problem. I I understand what you're asking, and no, that's not your problem. But going forward, after we did the disc, I realized what I was putting out was not who I was. And that's where I was struggling because I didn't know how to be me since I've been this person for so long. And so I had to get with Rita. I had to figure this out. My whole point in going through coaching was, what the hell do I do with this and how do I get to the bottom of it? Because I don't even know where I switched it. I have no idea when I became this person. Well, we had a little going on. Uh, yeah, just a hair, you know, a few, eight or nine. Well, we had, we also had some ugly parts in the early part of our marriage where... We didn't trust each other. Yeah, there, there was, you know, what I classified as betrayal you were talking about about me behind my back we yeah we had we had a lot of other issues going on but where it played out was when we went to the uh, marriage seminar with our pastors with Rita and Bill and the first thing that came out was Bill telling the the women buy some lingerie trust me do something different we want to see it and it was just like I said I remember looking at you and looking back up and looking back at you and thinking I just got permission to dress sexy in church. Not in church, but you get what I'm saying. The guy behind the pulpit just told me that I could go parade around and what I was taught was just for special occasion things. And I was like, hold up, wait a minute, time out. But, But that's when, that was the first conversation that you and I actually really started having about sex was, I'm thinking about buying some lingerie, but I don't know what you like. 
Okay. I know there's somebody sitting in his truck listening to this going, what do you mean what we like? We like it all. No, that's not necessarily true. Quincy has a specific style or taste that he likes for me. There's a certain group of colors that he likes specific to me. Hey, let's be clear. I, I won't turn any lingerie away. No, I'll You won't, but if I have something that is, if I purposely go out and buy something that is your specified color or your favorite color and your favorite style... I did it on purpose for you. That That's the difference is it means something to you because I, I put thought and intention into what I was doing. Yeah. Okay. That's the difference. I mean, I could go and buy anything and you would be content with that. I know that. But there is a difference when it's done on purpose doing things that I know you like. So that kind of started us opening up to talk. It's like, okay, well, so he does like lingerie. Okay, this is cool. I, mean, I can work with this. But it took me a while to get comfortable wearing that stuff again. I still had mom bod. That wasn't working for me. I wasn't happy with it and I was constantly tired. But when we finally started discussing things, I mean, it was only, what, maybe six years ago? Well, San Diego was the first one and that's been almost 12 years, if not more. And that wasn't really a sex conversation. That was more of the first time that we actually had a full-on intimate connection of we're not splitting, we're not leaving, we're fighting for this, and we're we're on the same page. Yeah, we both actually want the same, same thing. thing. And we didn't know how to communicate that. And it took us going through a crap ton of epic fails yeah. to figure it out. But over time, we learned to have these hard conversations and, um, you know, bring up these old things. And what I noticed was um, it actually came out because you were doing something for the podcast. And you had listened to Tony and Alyssa. And we were going on a drive. You and I were going on a drive. We were going out of town for the, for the night. And you were like, I want you to listen to this with me. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you, and he'll tell you. You could read it on my face. I do not want to do this, but okay, sure, whatever. I'll listen. Yeah. Even when I wanted you to go to the conference with me. I was not game on that, but I went, and it was good. But we listened to the podcast, and um, was that the masturbation one? I don't, I don't remember if it was the masturbation one or if it was the... Um, I don't remember. I, I just know it was a, a sexual conversation and we listened to it and things were said and we paused it and I'm like, wait, hold on. And then we started talking and asking each other questions. It's like, well, what, how do you feel about that? Because I'm not sure that I actually agree with that. And the whole rest of the ride, we were having this normal conversation about sex. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that was, that was kind of cool because we've never done that before. I mean, we've had lots of sex, don't get me wrong. Obviously, we have kids. We know how the mechanics work. But we, but we never about talked about, like, do you like this? Do you want more of that? Is is there something we could do different? Like, we had never really explored. We had done things and explored things together, but we hadn't really had conversations about it. It was just kind of, let's try this. Okay, sure. And nine times out of ten, it ended on, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. I don't know. But if it was nine times out of ten. That's I, I think I, we're selling that one. I well, we had a lot of things that we had to like go back and retry because the first toe was not was not good. Um, 
But what ended up happening is I had to come to grips with, and this came straight out of us just coaching and the hard talks and all the stuff that we went through with Rita. And that was three years of intense conversations and homework and purposely working towards you can't not talk. You have to discuss these things. And we finally got to where we were listening to this podcast and we started talking. It was like, okay, it's okay for me to ask or tell you, I think I want to try and bring a toy into the bedroom. Now, that conversation was awkward and it was difficult and it was not easy for us to have. But then once we spilled our guts over who had what insecurities and how we felt about this and what were we actually talking about? And instead of just going and bringing something home, we actually sat down and we shopped together and it's like, okay, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, we, we actually took the time to learn and research together and say, okay, well, let's try this. Maybe one of the things that gave you the courage to talk about that was attending that, um, marriage conference with Tony and Elisa because they were talking about these kinds of things, the liberator and other. Yeah, we, we had started talking about some other stuff before that, but we hadn't actually done anything, but the conversations were limited. It was like in a joking passing, you know, manner, we would say, Oh, well, maybe we should get one of these, but we never actually went back to it. And you know how they say there's 10% truth in every joke. Yeah, I'm starting to remember that now, but it was just something that it was difficult, but I had to get over and I still struggle with this. I kid you not. We just had this conversation a few days ago. I still struggle with, is it okay to tell you when I want something or I need something or my expectations are different or, you know, I I don't need you to. Uh, pound the stress out of me today I I need you to give me an oral orgasm is it okay for me to say those things I still struggle with that yes I know but I still it's awkward to say it I don't know why it's awkward to say it and I'm still working through some of those things so as we're going through this process y'all aren't the only ones going through it we're learning some stuff on our own we're learning things about ourselves going through this the whole point was I had locked myself into an image that I thought you expected and a person that I was supposed to be. So I slowly started conforming to what I could. And I strongly started rebelling against the rest. And I realized neither one of those was the truth. I was trying to make myself something that I wasn't. And in doing that, I was shutting you out. And I was shutting off a huge part of our relationship because my sexual tendencies and my needs and my desires are not typical good girl type things. I mean, it's just not. And without exposing too much, I don't ride the line of missionary. It's not, I don't want missionary all the time. I just don't. I, I, you know, I like you to use your imagination. I'll use your imagination with you. Yeah. But I didn't know those things were okay until we actually broke past that first trip and that first conversation. And then it, when it became, you know, 
when we started doing our once a month trips and we made it a purposeful for two days, this is all we're going to, we're going for us. We're going to go explore each other. We're going to go try new things. We're going to go, um, you know, out to dinner, have date nights, lay around in our underwear and watch TV, whatever it was. But we always planned for epic sex while we were gone. And we put an effort into, I would buy a new outfit to wear for bedtime, one or two of them. I, we would make sure that we had lots of lube or whatever we needed in case things weren't staying where they needed to be. We had a way to work through it. Yeah. You know, if we wanted to take drinks with us, we took drinks with us. We, we planned purposely and it made a huge difference in our connection and our intimacy because we were taking the time to purposefully discuss plan plot out and and work through our weekend knowing this is the whole goal it doesn't mean we didn't have sex at home it just means we knew we were gonna have a little bit of freedom and a little bit of um uninhibited time together where we could do what we wanted and slowly we started having other conversations where it's like you know i'm thinking about this what do you think about it it's still awkward sometimes to bring up the conversations, but we're better about it. And I don't feel like I can't talk about it. Yeah. I just have to get over the initial, how do I say this exactly? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite sure how to word this. Um, but it, it, it all stemmed from what I thought you wanted from your wife. The things that I had been taught were right, wrong, or indifferent in the bedroom you know oral sex was a service I was always taught it was a service and once you give it up to a man that's all he's going to want from you and that's all you're going to be good for um I was taught that if I didn't make sure you got enough sex you would leave so there were all these different things in my head and I had other people's voices from previous relationships that constantly made me feel like I just I wasn't enough I wasn't going to be enough and until I got past that thought process, I wasn't able to fully open up and say, I, this is what I need or ask. I mean, it, I used to not ask and now I do. Was that good? Did you like that? Now he just tells me. But in the beginning, we didn't know how to talk during to say, yes, I like this. No, I don't like that. It's like, I don't want to upset you or I didn't want to say something that would offend you or, you know, make you stop. At the same time, I didn't know how to interpret grunt. I didn't know what grunts were what. <laughs> but I think, you know, over time and having those conversations and finally getting past the not good enough or the not being what you expect or, you know, having a, the conversation we had with Rita and Quincy having to tell me several times, like the whole reason I'm with you is because you are nothing like what I was supposed to have. You were what I wanted, not what I was supposed to. Huge difference. Huge. But we didn't know that in the beginning. We didn't know how to say it or we just didn't think to say it. And then we went through years of compiling crap on top of not knowing how to say stuff or just not saying it. But now that we're where we're at, I mean, we're still learning. We're still exploring. We're still figuring things out. We're, uh, how did Purcell put it? We're nerding out on all things sex. If it's going to make it better and it's going to enhance our relationship and our connection, then that's my aim. 
That's, that's what I'm going for. It's not that it's bad or that it's not enough now. It's that if we could get better and we could get more out of it and I can make you feel more special or help you relieve stress or anxiety or whatever it is, if we can do those things for each other, I want to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I want to fully invest myself into doing that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get into our 60s and not remember what it's like to have sex. That's not going to work for me. I'm telling you now. This is a non-negotiable. We need to keep moving forward. <laughs> we are in agreement. It's non-negotiable. Let's have sex until we die. There we go. I don't mean one episode of having sex until we die. I mean, let's have a sex until... That would be like the ultimate. Let's just go out that way. That's the ultimate sacrifice right there. Let's just go out that way. We'll both go out happy. Okay. It's a plan. Hopefully it ends at the right time. Well, would we know? <laughs> if your heart stops before you go off, would you know? <laughs> if she comes first, I might, I might lose out on the Ooh, well, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> Bad thought. Sorry. Don't pause. Keep going. You got no, dead air. No, it's, I, I don't want dead air, but this is your journey episode. What, what else is there that you want to speak about? I don't know. Do you have any questions? You didn't really know a lot of this stuff until it just came out, huh? Some of it we've kind of glanced over, but, you know, the, you're, it's just so interesting to me that you, about your insecurities. Guys, if you haven't discussed your wife's insecurities with her or brought it up or, you know, even asked the question, you know, what, what do you, what are your insecurities in our relationship or, what are your insecurities in yourself? You're never going to know. Fortunately, we have a podcast and there are things that we talk about. There are topics that we bring up and a lot of times it's our life in general that we're sharing with you. But when else or how else are you going to do this unless we put ourselves out there? You know, I'm it just dumbfounds me and I've said that so many times it get it's got to be old it's I'm t- tired of hearing myself say it but it it dumbfounds me that uh that moment when it was like make or break for us getting married where it's like well you know either I've got to stick to this belief system that I believe it's wrong for women to wear pants or I have to change what I believe for us to continue on in this relationship. And one of the things that you said to me was like, I couldn't imagine being an abomination to God because I wear pants. And I got to thinking about that. And in that moment, this is all going on. It's like, you're right. There's something right about that. And so I chose you. I chose you. I stayed there. You don't know how close I was to getting up and walking away. Maybe you do. Oh, I yeah, I do. That's a, that's what scared me so much is having those conversations after that fact was how close were you leaving at that point, and would this be what what pushed you to say you know what I made the wrong choice? No, I'm I made the right choice. I I never regretted my choice. I never ever regretted it. No. To this day, 
There's nobody else I would choose but you. I didn't know that. I didn't believe that at the time. That's not your fault. That was that was me. But you didn't know that. And sitting with that that worry that at some point some part of me was not going to be right with that. And you were going to say, nope, I made the wrong choice. And I need to fix this because of the belief system you were in. It's like, I don't, I didn't know how to combat that or compete with it because it was ingrained in you for a really long time. Now, granted, it's changed and you're not that same person and you don't have the same beliefs anymore. But at the time and everything we had going on, it just, it was really, really hard for me to figure out what I could and couldn't do. Yeah, I think you were, you were playing a game that I didn't have any rules to, you know. No playbook. I, I was not, those rule, those concerns and insecurities in you were not on my radar. I know, but again, it's what I saw growing up. And what I knew, these were the things that would break a marriage. Well, I'm not, I'm not even pressing you to justify. I'm, I'm not. I'm just telling you that in, in, and it's the same thing with, with you, the listener. If you don't know how you got the beliefs that you got or how your, um, how much your past and what, how you were raised impacts your marriage, and your spouse or yourself telling you the the stuff that we saw, the stuff that we learned, it made me very cautious about a lot of things and how I did them because I didn't want to lose what I had by making the same mistakes. And it it's one of those... For me, it was one of those things of I don't know how to be me and not disappoint others. I didn't have that. I was always a disappointment somewhere. So I worried if I was going to disappoint you. And at what point was that disappointment going to be enough to say, you know, you've crossed the line in your belief system and that's not acceptable to you? It's so wild because I... You know, my thing was, I hope you still like me enough to keep me around. <laughs> but that, but that just goes to show we were, we weren't talking. And this was the crap that was going on in our head because we weren't talking. Had we been talking, we could have annihilated those thoughts. Yeah. If and we knew how. Yeah. If we knew how to talk. We could have gotten rid of it the, way earlier. And that's true. And. That's the other, one of the other factors in making episodes like this and the ones that we've made before this over and over and over and over again is to take the hard experiences that we've been through and put them out there so you guys don't suffer the same fate. And if you're just a few years into your marriage, if your marriage is brand new, or you're 10 or 15 years in your marriage, etc., all the episodes on this podcast are are made, they're tailor-made to help you 
have these types of conversations so you get to know yourself and your spouse better and you learn how to have these conversations so that you're not harboring all these insecurities and you know imaginary rules for a game that your spouse isn't even on the same field playing no and and the things that we have learned and the way that we've learned to talk has definitely helped with how we talk to the kids and how we teach them to be themselves and not be ashamed of who they are and how they believe and to understand, you know, how to have hard conversations. We didn't have that in our past growing up. You know, we grew up in houses where we didn't talk about it. We fought about it, but we didn't talk about it. Yeah. And and my way was not to talk about the stuff. It was just to be quiet because that's what I had seen. Just shut up and let the storm pass. Because I don't want this to end in divorce. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to end in you leaving. And so, you know, I lost a part of myself in there. Because you saw, whether it's my sister or my brother or whatever, I don't have a problem expressing myself. But something changed with our relationship. But even as difficult as some of the times it is now to communicate, we're still making progress and that is very important to a healthy relationship is to mm-hmm. continue to make progress because there are still locked doors I'm sure there's still locked doors in each of us mm-hmm. because there's things we just don't know how to talk about um, and you know for us a lot of them have centered around sex maybe a few more do I don't know but whatever whatever that is I mean Jeannie is she doesn't really put herself out there like this, guys. I want you to know that. You hear us on the microphone week after week after week. But it's not like her to share the most intimate parts of herself. Um, because she's a... How, how should I put it? You're a... You're not a hermit, but... Introvert. You're an introvert. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't find that word. I'm the extrovert here, Okay. <laughs> I'm the out loud extrovert. Um, she's an introvert. I'm out loud. I'm just not out loud like you. I'm opinionated out loud. You're out loud fun. <laughs> I can be out loud opinionated as well, which I think I'm going to start being um, here pretty quick. But with that being said, I, I want you to value and respect what Jeannie's putting out there because this is a big step for her and she's doing this so that you have the opportunity to connect in a much deeper way emotionally and physically spiritually with your wife Um, and I believe there's a lot of valuable things in this that if you put them to action it's going to free you it's going to free that up in you and in her and imagine you know some of these deep burdens that you have imagine living a life free of those and the pressure it takes off your shoulders and her shoulders and how your relationship will grow your sex life will get better more intimate more passionate you know so don't take this episode for granted please and i we we appreciate every time every time i see a download you know i'm just blessing you guys from a distance because i appreciate you taking the time to listen so that is that's Jeannie's journey 
Not sexual journey. Ginny's <sighs> journey as far as sexual expectations go. So, I don't even know what my episode's gonna be like. But, we'll put it out there. If you want. This is not a video show yet. We can get Nick and do it. You wouldn't get through the show. <laughs> That's what pause is for. <laughs> There's a hot mic. Oh, I'm glad this is not YouTube and they can't see us. That's a hell of a visual to give people. We have got to figure out. For the listeners, we're trying to wrap our heads around an option, an opportunity to create a video podcast for this because we have been asked to do that and I want to do it badly. Just uh, having 11 people packed into this home, we don't know where to do it. So we are trying to... There's no free walls or quiet space. I know, I know, I know. And when we were doing the... We are doing the episode with Dan Purcell. It's like, well, there's only a very small spot in our bedroom. And, you know, we'll do it facing this direction. And uh, that's all we're going to be able to get. We, it's not like we can go downstairs and do this because we'll be bombarded with Hunter and Kirsten and it'll just be a nightmare. But we are working on that. If you want to donate <laughs> the funds for us to build one of those, I'd probably take about four grand, five grand. Just go ahead and contact me. <laughs> and we will call it the so-and-so studios. Almost anything you want to name it. And, uh... Oh, Lord. I can think of some people who are going to call in with some fun names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sponsored by. And then you'll be able to get this. Because I've just been told we're, we would be a lot of fun to watch on video as well as getting the audio. And I agree. Because when Josh and I did the videos, part of that is being able to see and interact with each other. So we're working towards that. Um, but that's it for this episode. And, honey, I just I honor you for sharing that and for taking the time and putting it in there and, and being bearing your soul. Um, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. More. Dah. Dah. Whatever that fluffy reference is. And uh, I will be back in the next episode. She's Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy W. Moran. And this is Men vs. Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast.